I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I'm with Lara Hood Balash, who is the CMO of Intuit. Lara, hi and welcome to the show. Hey Nadine, how are you? I'm great and excited to chat with you today. It's been a while since we last connected. I, I've been a huge fan of yours and, and I've enjoyed so many prior times when we've gotten together and I got to hear your great stories from Visa and then you went on to Amazon and now you're at Intuit. But this is the first time we've actually chatted since you've been at Intuit. So it feels like an eternity, but it's been about six months for you now, right? Yeah, I joined the company last year. I joined Intuit because I was so interested in its mission to power prosperity uh, for everyone around the world. And what really talked to me was how much our employees are behind that mission And with our products that we have, which are QuickBooks, TurboTax, and Mint, we truly do support small businesses, self-employed, customers, consumers, partners with all of their financial needs. And that mission, really standing for it, being a values-based company is what drew me in. As I did more research, what I realized was over 50% of businesses that are small businesses fail in the first five years. 55% of Americans don't feel confident in managing their finances. And over 60% of Americans cannot come up with $1,000 in an emergency. And when you hear those, you realize there are ways that technology has enabled that we can help them with these things. And wouldn't it be great to go to a place that believes in that and offers those wonderful products? Yeah, so much that you just shared there that I want to dig into uh, exactly how you're powering those consumers. But I can't help but think of the correlation from two roles ago uh, when you were at Visa and now at Intuit. Can you, can you talk a little bit about your, your recent path? Like, Why did you leave Visa for Amazon and then Amazon for Intuit? I was at Visa for almost 12 years. And while I was there, as you know, from all of the times we talked, 
I helped take the company from what was very much more of a traditional marketing company with traditional plastic products to very digital-driven, mobile-driven company offering electronic payments online and vis-a-vis the mobile device. And that move was not only a move in skills, but also culture. How do we move more quickly? How do we move more nimbly? At some point, you know, I was almost hitting 12 years there. I was running the largest region for the company from a marketing standpoint, North America, and got the opportunity to run prime marketing globally for Amazon, which then led me to also running their North America consumer offering from a go-to-market perspective. And that was a really exciting opportunity to, to take on and even further what I would say my technology-based skills were. And then that just wonderfully parlayed into this Intuit CMO job where technology is the backbone of everything we do and AI and machine learning are fueling our future and only will continue to help us serve our customers more. But that constant, I think, desire to improve my technology skills and get better at innovation is what fueled those moves. Having lived in in Silicon Valley now or the Bay Area for almost 20 years, you start to get really paranoid that you're not up on the latest and greatest. And so that is part of what drove my desire to keep being on the top of my game. Yeah. And I remember uh, when I first chatted with you, you were at Visa and you said to me, you said, Nadine, this is not just a financial services company. We are a technology company. And that that really spun my head a little bit. But you, you were very serious when you said that. And you did a lot to make sure that innovation, especially technology innovation, was flowing in, not just out. Now let's go back to Intuit. Like, so how are you approaching this? I mean, you you obviously have built up this wonderful portfolio of great skills. Uh, and so tell me a little bit about how you're applying that with Intuit right now. Yeah. So first of all, a lot of people don't know that technology is what fuels what we do and what fuels our solutions and makes our customers' lives better every day. They know us as a company that started way back when and we were a software company and now we're in the cloud and that has allowed us to innovate more quickly, bring them better products and and move more quickly as what we call an ecosystem of products. Again, we have TurboTax, QuickBooks and Mint, which serve different customers, but then also a complement of customers. And it's a offering that is better together coming, you know, from one place versus disparately. And so we've really embraced that. And so one of my challenges as a CMO is to say, okay, we've got these great, great cornerstone brands, for example, in TurboTax and QuickBooks, and those brands have higher awareness and familiarity than the Intuit brand, the company brand. And so it's an opposite problem from what a lot of marketers walk into, which is they may have a strong master brand and no one knows of the many offerings they have. And so in my role and with the collective teams, look at that and say, how do we harness the power of these cornerstone brands while making sure Intuit, which fuels 
all of these brands comes to life. That's what my teams and I are taking on. And technology allows us to take that information that our customers have and provide them better tools that help them live a more financially prosperous life. That's the beauty of the Intuit platform, our ecosystem of offerings. Let's keep going on this because it's really interesting. When when we were chatting just before we started recording here, and also you mentioned it uh, just uh, a few minutes ago, that the role of the CMO continues to grow and evolve and technology is a key part of that. You mentioned AI and machine learning as two really important tools in your toolbox. Let's talk about those two things because I think, you know, there's a lot of discussion right now. Well, first of all, there's no debate that those are exceptionally important tools for everyone, but there's implications to your team and, you know, how you think about those technologies, either supplementing or augmenting particular skill sets, and then how you're equipping your teams for the future to make even better use of those tools. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. AI is going to make all of our lives so much more seamless in that you will get meaningful information at your fingertips to make better decisions. In our case, it's, you know, financial decisions and filling out forms. Anybody who's filled out a financial form knows that it is not a fun process. And so when you have the ability to use AI to better serve up more accurate information more quickly. We use very, very strong data governance practices. So that is a must-have cost of entry to anything we do today. All of the people who touch technology, they have to know this. Not only do they need to be up on technology today, that is incredibly important, but they have to understand how to use it wisely and how to use it for good. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> using it wisely and using it for good. So so how do you then help your team come up the curve? Because there still is a pretty significant curve in learning how to use these tools. Yeah. One of the exciting things about my particular position is we have a learning and development program within my team that is all about teaching the latest and the greatest on all marketing and communications acumen. Modules on learning everything from how to do the best in SEO and SEM to going to market from a brand perspective and how to use MarTech tools and how to work with your technology partners to do that. So that is part of my team. Additionally, I am tied at the hip with our chief information officer. As we build out and fine-tune our MarTech stack, he and I are meeting regularly as are our teams. And so that partnership is a key part of it as well. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, and, and interesting, you, you said MarTech, and it, it flashed me back to what, was it three years ago? Where <laughs> we were at the MarTech conference. <laughs> we were. We were. You, I invited you to be on the panel because you had so much to contribute there. But I remember the stat at that time, there's like 6,000 MarTech solutions. I mean, how do you possibly wade through it all? Any tips for working with CTOs on, and getting through that massive landscape? Yes, it is a challenge. We have more choices than ever as marketers. And in our case, where we have different offerings from a 
segment perspective in QuickBooks, in TurboTax and Mint, even more complicated. So the key is thinking, okay, here are the must-have things I need from a foundational standpoint, and then uh, from a capability standpoint, and then what are the tools do I need to put on top of that? You can think in what is what is fixed and what is flexible. And that allows you to then understand the tools that best meet your needs, but they're changing every day. So you've got to be constantly learning and then constantly making the decision at that time, what's best for the company. That also is enhanced by working with great technologists. Here at Intuit, we have phenomenal engineers that we get to work with on a daily basis. And so they help us make those decisions, frankly, and it only makes our decisions better. So let's keep talking about your teams and let's move over to a different part of the C-suite that you would collaborate with. Let's talk about your CHRO, if you have one, or head of human resources. When you think about the composition of your team, and especially around diversity and inclusion. I mean, you've been such a champion for not only diverse teams, but also inclusive teams. Can you share any tips that you've learned or are working through today to help other CMOs think about how to really push the the needle forward or move the needle forward? Sure. As you know, diversity and inclusion is a very important topic to me. And that is because i truly believe that diverse teams breed innovation and innovation breeds greater outcomes. Diversity of thinking that comes from different types of people from different backgrounds is what breeds success. You talked about our head of HR, so we call that people in places here. Important to note that our head of HR our head of finance, our CFO, our CTO, and our chief legal officer and myself, we're all women. So our C-suite is 50% women, and our board is a third women. We truly believe in the power of diverse thinking and having discussion that is only better because you have lots of different viewpoints on the table. Do we need to do better and bring that through to the rest of the organization? Absolutely, but it's definitely a start. Inherent in having that diverse mix at the top, we already are having conversations on how do we ensure that we have that diversity and inclusion all throughout the company. And I will tell you from working many places, the authenticity to which people bring their whole selves to work is incredibly phenomenal here at Intuit. We've always said, bring your authentic self to work. And we truly believe it. And we constantly say that in your first day when you come and do orientation here, that is a key message that is given to every new employee. So I only continue the drumbeat of this communication that's been put for me here and uh, continue to say how important it is and ensure that every voice around the table is heard. Yeah. I mean, you've really done such a remarkable job. I mean, I, I was just talking with the chief diversity and inclusion officer over at McCann worldwide. It was a couple of weeks ago now. And I remembered you immediately because we were talking about the fact that so many people are talking about diversity inclusion, but not enough people are 
actually doing anything about it, right? Um, And it has to be super intentional. And it's not just filling quotas and looking for diverse talent to put on the team, but it's truly around how do you ensure just what you said, that all their voices were heard. So I, I remembered very vividly the example that we've covered when we were writing an article about you when you were at Visa, which was called, correct me if I'm wrong, Innovation Corner. Yes, yes. Yes. And I said, this is an example of how you just do it, get it done. And uh, you stripped out any possible barriers within the room, whether it be hierarchy or age or race, background, gender. And you just said, bring it all. Everybody bring your ideas. And I don't need to talk about it. You talk about it. Tell yeah, me. Yeah. Well, that. we did. We so every other Friday we had a innovation corner. It was at the time where social media was just taking off. I had been appointed to be the head of North America marketing for Visa, and no female had ever had that job before. And when you start to get extremely customer obsessed and know your customers really well you learn 80% of buying decisions are made by women in North America households. And that's true for Intuit. It matters a lot. In fact, we know today that 40% of small businesses are owned by women. So if we don't really care about women and small business and self-employed, we're missing that whole customer audience. It was imperative for me that everywhere you want to be stood for everyone everywhere. And that meant women too. And so by having a forum where people could bring innovative ideas and the latest social platforms they were on, and there was no hierarchy, it allowed every single voice to be heard. We made sure that, you know, any level was at the table. And actually, as went on in the job, I took layers out so that some junior people could have their voices at the table. And often those were women's voices because they were the ones who were not as comfortable speaking up. Yeah, I remember that vividly. And, I, and I'm sure <clears throat> you have carried that through all the way to into it. And I love that you were talking about being customer obsessed. You seem to have that as a trend in your background between Visa and of course, Amazon and now Intuit. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Often people ask, what are the latest skills and what acumen do I need to become a marketer today, to become a communicator today? And I always say, you've got to know your customer inside and out and have that customer empathy and Having worked at Amazon, I can tell you customer obsession is key to everything Amazon does and is very much why they are so successful. Intuit, same thing. And I think Intuit takes it to a whole nother level where we as a company have every employee do what we call follow me homes or follow me to the offices. And those employees go and watch customers sitting next to them using our products and they get to see what are the pain points of the customer when they use the product what what's their daily life like what are the needs are they solving in total not just with the product and that empathy is what fuels what we call then design for delight which is how we design our products which is truly customer back truly causing uh, an empathy because you're solving for the customer needs, the customer problems from day one when you go in to design something. And one thing that Intuit did, which again was a reason that I was so drawn to Intuit, was they even shut 
offices down for a full day so that every single one of the 8,000 plus employees at the time could go out and do these follow me homes. That's how important it is to the company. I love it. Uh, 8,000 employees following people home. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast, I think. Uh, yes. In and of itself. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Exactly. And, and, and it's really interesting. It reminds me when I did the podcast with John Burke, who's the president of Bacardi, it was back to the bar day. Um, and yeah. literally they sent all the employees in this case, because they, it's all about liquor uh, into the bar and to just drink with patrons and, and learn, you know, what their favorite recipes were. Like I, I was laughing then, but it works. So I, I love it. I love it. Follow me home. Um, <laughs> Tales from uh, the Intuit team. Uh, cool. All right. Well, we're coming up close to being out of time, but I, I don't want to stop just yet because I have so many other questions for you. Very important. I think as I'm talking to you, I've learned so much from you over the years. I find you to be so inspirational. I mean, I, I truly do. Thank you so much. You inspire me with all that you have brought us and all of the learning collectively from all these wonderful leaders in marketing. I think we as a CMO community can't thank you enough. So it, that's that that means a lot coming from you. Oh, gosh. Thank you. Okay. Now I'm, I'm totally blushing over here, but it is it is literally my pleasure. I love what I do and I love talking with amazing people like you. And so I always just got to know more. I mean, you have so many valuable lessons and tips and tricks that you've learned along the way, whether it be things that you tried that maybe didn't work that allowed you to fail forward or things that, you know, were just breaking the rules and you said, this has to be done a different way because it's just not working. Can you share some examples for us so we can continue to learn from you? If I could share any lesson from my life, it's that you can be the smartest person in the room, but if you do not have grit and resilience and tenacity, you're not going to get very far, you know, and if you haven't figured out how to motivate people and be authentic and true and real, um, people see through that eventually. And as you move up the ladder, if you haven't had hard times yourself where you failed, then you, you're not going to be empathetic to the teams that work with and for you because if everything's come easily, you're not going to understand what it's like to be in the day-to-day. -day. And I can tell you, when I started on my journey to become a CMO, A, I didn't know I wanted to be a CMO. I actually was the pre-law major. I wanted to go to law school. And then as I took classes, because you had to take criminology classes as a pre-law major where I went to school, I just realized human behavior was what fascinated me. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to go get a career in marketing when I graduate undergrad. And I was in Seattle and I graduated into a recession and I could not get a job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I graduated with honors. I could not get a job. And so I thought, man, I want to be a marketer. I don't have a marketing undergrad degree, but I went out and I pitched to the Pike Place Market, which is a local tourist attraction, that I would do marketing to them for them and draw local consumers into the Pike Place Market versus tourists. And that was critical because it was a recession. And I did this scrappy plan to get local consumers in. It worked. But I bring that story up because... There were many moments in my career where things didn't go as I planned, and it wasn't 
any amount of smarts that would have gotten me to the next step. It was, I'm going to be tenacious and I'm going to be resilient and I'm going to get through this and be scrappy and figure out how to get experience when I don't have any. And so that would be something I would say to people is if you think you love something and you want to go after it, do and get creative about it. Even if you don't have every skill under your belt or every class under your belt, get that real life experience by being very creative, using grit and resilience. And being scrappy. It's going to be my new favorite word of the day. Scrappy. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I have got my last question for you here. And I'm going to allow you to not have to be scrappy because I'm going to take away all your barriers. If money and talent were of absolutely no object in your way, you could do anything in the world right now. You have it all. What would you be doing? Okay, Nadine, this question, I know you ask everybody this question. I think it is a very unfair question because I would do a lot of things. (laughs) I would be an archaeologist. I would be someone like Martha Stewart. I would do all these things that I don't have the patience to do that I dreamt of doing at one time in my life. (laughs) Well, okay. So that is fair. I bet you we could find a way to weave together all your passions into one thing. So we'll make that my next mission for you. How about that? That sounds great. (laughs) Anything that manages bringing all those things together would be great. Well, you'll have to read my article that I wrote called The Secret Dreams of CMOs. And I did that early on where I did weave together the most unthinkable story, but I'm going to work on that for you. So we'll come back. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait to read it. (laughs) Well, it has been so wonderful having you on the show. Finally, I've been waiting for you for 18 months, by the way. (laughs) I'm glad we could finally make it happen. It was such a pleasure to join you. It absolutely was. Well, thank you so much. And we'll, we'll be in touch again soon. Excellent. Thanks, Nadine. Thanks. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.